this year through the Oilers playoff run, we're offering up a little value-added coverage for you. So a little more color uh, from from the games, post-game, pre-game. This is something we call Oilers Extra, and it's brought to you by Mid-City Construction Management. Now hiring in their excavation, paving, and concrete divisions. Apply at mid-city.com. So in this, you don't need to just hear me lament and cry about the loss last night. We'll bring in Morley and then also play-by-play man Cam Moon. Just keep this a little more analytical as well, you know, instead of my emotional self getting all wound up. Before we bring in Cam, though, let's uh, go back to uh, playoffs and opening night last night at Rogers Place. And a face-off win for McDavid and a shot in by Nurse. And the 2021 postseason is underway. Obviously, you want to get the uh, first game jitters out a little bit. I think both teams are kind of being a little patient with each other, feeling each other out. But uh, um, it's fast, it's uh, it's physical, and uh, it's exciting. It's the best time of the year. Everyone wants to be playing at this time of the year. We- Hellebach takes a peek and directs a pass. Oh, and just getting smoked was Canelo by Josh Archibald. A walloping hit. Shot by Archibald. Save Hellebach, and he'll cover. Here's a shot by Barry as he enters the zone. Quick shot score. Yes, a boy Irving on the rebound. He found it. The Jets did it. And yes, a making his National Hockey League playoff debut and scored Edmonton's first postseason goal. Tucker Pullman, who gains the Edmonton line off to Blake Wheeler, a shot to save, rebound, score! And it's Tucker Pullman. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta make your breaks. You gotta find find ways to get the puck in the back of the net, but you can't give anything away. That's playoff hockey. Playoff hockey at its best. Out to Stanley, and he fired it off the post. Rebound wow. McLeod. The way that kicked out, I thought it might have gone in, Jack. I'm thinking it's Stanley. After goal. video review, Winnipeg scored a goal at 10.46. Yeah, that's it. It went post, back bar, and out. After first catching a piece of Mike Smith. I thought we had the puck a lot of the night. Played in their zone. Um, put a lot of pucks there. Um, you know, just didn't find a way to get to, to, to get one. Nurse to Dryson. Enters the zone right wing. Cuts to the middle. Drop pass McDavid. Open his bear. A shot. Save made. Hellbuck. Rebound. Slid wide. Wide open. Drysaddle fires. What a stop made by Connor Hellbuck. Drysaddle to bear. Dishing. McDavid shooting. Toe save made. Yeah, you got to take one game at a time and just play it. Play it hard. We like what we've done all year. We've, we've got a competent group. And, uh... You know, we'll re-rock and get ready for game two. Got it to Kyle Connor, waited it out, and then backhanded ahead for Wheeler. Against Ethan Barry, cuts inside, shoots and scores. And this one looks to be over. 4-1, the Jets get a second empty netter. 4-1 final score last night in game one. The Jets defeat the Oilers at Rogers Place. Game two goes tomorrow night. It'll be right here on 6.30, Chad. 5 o'clock for the face-off show. 7 o'clock is game time. We bring in Cam Moon now to join the conversation about last night. Cam, we heard James Neal in that pack talk about uh, first game jitters. It sure looked like that in the first period. Oilers took a long time to even get a shot on net. They got their game going in the second period, but they just had a tough time getting going last night. They did. They really did. Uh, it both teams, there was that feeling out process early. I don't know that there was, uh, yeah, there were there, the grade A chances were few and far between, certainly in the first period. Although, I mean, Winnipeg had a two-on-one and a three-on-one in the first period. Neither resulted in a shot on net. So I thought Winnipeg were, were given a couple of really good chances. Didn't 
just didn't turn out to be anything. Yeah, Oilers played well in the second. Don't take advantage. Uh, Connor Hellebuck should be given credit. Uh, anytime you make 32 saves uh, in a victory playoffs on the road, not that home ice or, or road means a whole lot this year with nobody in the rink, but still, uh, Hellebuck, I thought, you know, was, he was the difference. Is the is what turned that um, Winnipeg's way when Edmonton had their opportunity. But yeah, so the first one, the first one goes to Winnipeg. Uh, the Oilers obviously they need to, to be a little bit better. They need to make their breaks, like uh, Dave Tippett said in his post game too. But it's going to be tight, and I thought it was tight. I was curious about. Sorry, sorry, as you Marty, mentioned, talked to... a lot. About, sorry, Daryl. Dave Tippett, as you mentioned, talked a lot about playoff hockey and making your breaks, and the Jets sure got that on the game-winning goal. Yeah, yeah, they did. Uh, helped create uh, a situation where they got in control of the puck, and you put it to the net, and you get a redirect that uh, you know at the in real time. Uh, obviously, I mean, everybody just kept playing. But the way that puck, just like Bob said on on the play-by-play, uh, when uh, when Bob said uh, the way that it looked like the way that came out, that uh, that might have went in, and as it turns out, it absolutely did. But that's why you put the puck to the net. That's why you go to the to the hard areas in front of the net for a redirect, or for a screen, or, or whatever. It's the playoffs. You just got to figure out ways to score goals. They're they're not always going to be a, a tic-tac-toe slam dunk. Uh, type of goal and you're, you're probably not going to have that kind of room which I don't think the, the Oilers did have that kind of room and with the the Jets missing uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois and Nikolai Ehlers I thought the the situation might have been you know prime for Edmonton to take advantage of the first game unfortunately they didn't and you got to give the Jets credit because they played a strong playoff game and got great goaltending and now you got to now you got to turn that all around tomorrow. And I think from Edmonton's point of view, there's just this, you have to find a way. There's no way it can go back to Winnipeg being down 2-0. Well, and and it would seem that they know. Is mm-hmm. is there a possibility? Because you've got a long history in hockey. Is there a long possibility of? I know this is going to come from left field, but you go into going, okay, we're going to win this because we have to, but. You could actually, if you lose it and go down 2 nothing, you know, can, can you, I don't want to say be overconfident going into game two, but they have always been good coming back on game two. Um, Connor McDavid and Leon Dries, you know, they're confident. Do you get overconfident in that? So I know that sounds silly in a way, but I, I just wonder if there, there's a possibility of that. I, I don't know. I, I think the old one uh, punch in the mouth in game one, kind of erases that a bit yeah. I think it, it, be, it becomes desperate I think it I think the desperation level will rise in game two and I expect a great game I'm not going to say I'm not going to 100% slam dunk say they're going to win it because the other team they get paid to play too Absolutely. and yeah they're good they Winnipeg despite the fact you know Edmonton went seven and two against them you look at Winnipeg's record, you look what they did against other teams, and you just have to look at that lineup and know that they're a good team. But so are the Edmonton Oilers. And I'll be interested to see if they make any tweaks as far as the lineup goes. Uh, I mean, Winnipeg might if if Ehlers or or Dubois become healthy. Other than that, I think it would probably stay the same. But Edmonton might make a move or two, uh, and we 
could possibly get some insight towards that at practice today, or or maybe not. It is the playoffs. Things are, you know, pretty uh, close to the vest. Uh, I, I expected that the game would have been a little more physical. Okay, it had its moments, and I thought Josh Archibald did a great job taking the body. Uh, but overall, it wasn't quite as physical as I expected it would be, and maybe this series will will ease itself towards that. Maybe it'll develop to that. But uh, I thought overall, I thought it was uh, a little less physical than I expected. The team in general has bounced back pretty well all season long mm-hmm. games they've lost. Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid in particular have seemed to bounce back very well when they get shut down. And they got shut down last night. Neither one of them got a point. So we can probably expect them to have a much better game and them to try and tweak something to, to figure out, you know, get the puck to the net a little bit more, get some traffic in front of the net a little bit more, and bug Connor Halibut a little bit more, who was really good last night. Yeah, yeah. I, and it's a great point, Morley, because all season long yeah and you know god knows they weren't shut out very often but when they were it was it was a, a solid bounce back the next game i went they just good job it limited the amount of space that uh, that mcdavid and dry saddle were given especially i thought through the neutral zone you didn't see them get to wind it up and attack the jets blue line with speed and with room uh, they kept it a lot tighter, very similar to what maybe they would see when playing against the Montreal Canadiens. So I thought it did a really good job of that this year. Uh, if you let them wind up and, and attack the zone with speed, you're going to be on your heels, and it's a difficult game. You're probably going to chase the game at that point. That that wasn't the case. Uh, there was only the, the one power play in the entire game, so you couldn't rely on that. Um, I thought the referees just just let her fly. Not that it was, and I didn't think it was a, a dirty game, nor did I think it was a high penalty game at all. Um, but they certainly let a few things go. Uh, yeah, the Oilers, and, and I'm sure both guys will be, you know, super motivated uh, for for tomorrow's game to to be able to generate just just a little bit more uh, to you know to get to get more going when. When Connor McDavid only has uh, two shots on net, <laughs> and that's what he had last night, you expect you know a little bit more opportunity from him. And and that is a credit though to the way the Jets played against him for sure. A little bit of a smaller defense on on Winnipeg's side. How long does it take to wear them down? Because you know, oh. how how long? I exactly that, and I I don't I don't think it will take that long because the Oilers do need to play a physical game against them for sure. And Neil Pionk, who uh, plays defense for Winnipeg, albeit not that big, uh, can play a pretty rough game. So I'm not sure how long it, it might take him a little longer to wear down. Uh, but, you know, Josh Morrissey is a really good defenseman. He's very mobile. Uh, CC Ice moves the puck well, uh, but he's not a big guy. Uh, their D, I, I was impressed, quite honestly, Daryl, with their, their defense and the way they played, generally speaking, last night. Because I... I thought in just about every game they played in the regular season against Edmonton, they struggled against them. Yeah. It looked like they were chasing it around and, and had their, you know, just had a tough time in their own end. Well, last night, not quite as much, although they always did outshoot them. And, and I thought they always played a pretty good game, generally speaking, just didn't get the result that they wanted. Part of it on Hellebuck, part of it on the way the Jets played defensively. 
and they didn't give up as many, you know, five bell chances as as the Oilers would normally get. But yeah, I think you're right. If they keep, they gotta uh, maybe ratchet up the the physical play, certainly within the the jet zone, and make life difficult on their defense as a whole. That over the course of a series, that absolutely wears the defense down and pays dividends. Last one for you, Cam, this morning. Um, what was the atmosphere like in the building? I know there were the 12 frontline workers who were there. Uh, it's playoff hockey. It just it, it seemed a little different coming through the TV. What was it like in the building for you? It's bizarre. It really is. <laughs> like, it's a playoff game. It's exciting. Outside the rink, Morley was unbelievable. There was a yeah. caravan of cars. Uh, there was there's, uh, this group of people that and i see them all the time and i and i walk past them when i come to the rink always say hi uh on 104th and 104th and they're all dressed up in oilers uh, paraphernalia and god love them they're like the most amazing passionate fans the outside uh, atmosphere was pretty cool the inside it was it was just you know the game had its intensity like a playoff game would but it's not even close like, and and then when you watch the other games in south of the border where they have fans, it's so different because it looks like playoff hockey. It sounds like playoff hockey, and there's there's no way that noise can't affect the intensity of the game. It most certainly does. So, yeah. it's yeah, it's just it's so bizarre. And and I hope you know sooner than later that we see people in the building because even if it wasn't a lot. I know they'd be so loud that it would seem like a lot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, in comparison, so, yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed, though, like the, the, the people outside that were, you know, supporting the team and really excited and fired up because you should be. It's the playoffs. It's fun. This is what it's all about. So uh, great on you, Oiler fans. I, I love it. There you go. So I was, I was going into this. It's good to bring you guys in to get all analytical because I'm all emotional about a loss. And then we throw that last bit in. And, and Cam, it sounded like I, I heard a tear drop down from you from your eye. So, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, sad. you did. It's sad. so sad. Cam Moon, thank you so much. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.